Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is Monday night from the South Point Beeson's Prime Time Action. Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin off the greatest weekend in the history of mankind. Oh my God. Greatest weekend, greatest day. We'll talk about everything that happened. Division round week in the National Football League. Andy McNeil will join us to talk some hockey. Tank Williams to review the weekend that was and the weekend ahead. But first, Matt, a whole bunch of puck drops today. We do. We have one NBA, if you want to get in on that one right now. The Knicks and the Cavs are at 7 and 4 Pacific. That's Cavs, four and a half, five point favorites at home over the Knicks, 201 and a half, 202 there. We'll get back to the rest of those, but we do have four puck drops happening right this second. If you want to get involved, Stars and the Flyers, the Stars are minus 165 road favorites over the Flyers, plus 145 on the home team, the Kings and the Rangers. We have the Rangers as minus 155 home favorites there, plus 135 on the road Kings. We have the Vegas Golden Knights and the Washington Capitals. The Capitals are minus 150-ish. You can find somewhere at varying numbers in between there, but about 145, 150 home favorites. Over the Knights, you can get plus 125 on the Knights as visitors there. 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. Last puck drop happening right now. The Ducks and the Bruins. The Bruins are minus 250 home favorites over the Ducks, plus 210 on Anaheim as road underdogs. Three more puck drops tonight. Canadians in the Wild at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Wild, minus 380 home favorites over the Canadians, plus 310 on the underdogs there. Blackhawks and Avalanche. Avalanche are minus 320 home favorites over the Blackhawks, plus 265 on the visitors. And then at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, the Blues and the Flames. The Flames are minus 160 home favorites over the Blues. Back over to the NBA. Again, just four games tonight. We got that Knicks-Cavs game, as we mentioned, that's tipping off right this second. The Pacers and the Pelicans are at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Pelicans are three and a half to four point home favorites over the Pacers, 217 all the way to 218. The total, eight Eastern, five Pacific, the Bulls and the Thunder. This is a pick 'em at one shop. It is each team favored by one at varying shops. So, however you want to go about this, probably just bet the money line. How about that? Yeah, that um, number has been on the move because DeMar DeRozan just got, uh, it was announced he just will be missing the game tonight. However, they will be getting Zach Levine back in the lineup tonight. So, a little bit, uh, that was a little unexpected. Levine was going to be back already tonight, but he is, but no DeRozan. So, that number's on the move. 
216, 216 and a half. The total and then nine Eastern, six Pacific. We've got the Jazz and the Suns. The Suns are 11, 11 and a half point home favorites at home, uh, home favorites over the Jazz. We got a 221 to 221 and a half total there, just four games in the association. All right, little knickknacks in the National Football League today after uh, a spectacular weekend. Uh, the future for New Orleans Saints head coach Sean Payton unclear at this time. Team owner Gail Benson said today that at an unrelated news conference that she too is uncertain to what lies ahead for Sean Payton. Miami, perhaps. That's me talking. I don't know. Broncos down to three candidates for head coach, according to reports. Packers OC Nathaniel Hackett, Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, and the Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell. Uh, the Panthers, they've officially hired Ben McAdoo as their offensive coordinator. You have that one? No, but, I mean, you know, they were they were actually fairly – I mean, his last stint as offensive coordinator was actually a, a fairly successful full offense. I mean, like, you know, look, our last – our last memory of, of McAdoo wasn't all that great, but no. I mean, as an offensive coordinator, you know, he was he he got the job done. So we'll we'll see. I yeah. mean, it's been a, it's been a hot minute. It's like a Vic Fangio mm-hmm. thing. Outstanding elite defensive coordinator. Our last memory of him as head coach. Not so fun. Um, Chiefs. They're waving Josh Gordon, who has been inactive. In case you were wondering, but plan to resign the practice squad if he clears that per a source. And because Gordon was on the fifty-three man roster for eight games this season. He'll get the same playoff check plus a practice squad check for the rest of the playoffs. In case you were wondering where John, where uh, Josh Gordon was these days, and then uh, former Bucks running back Le- Le'Veon Bell. It's funny to call him a former Bucks running back. What was your favorite moment of the Bucks era of Le'Veon Bell? Oh man, that Week Three game when he sat on the bench. Who and... could forget it? <laughs> no. He cleared waivers. He's now a free agent per the wire. Where do we begin, gentlemen? The greatest day yesterday of football. The greatest weekend. Uh, let's start with the nuttiest. Last night, the Bills and the Chiefs, and the Chiefs and the Bills score 31 combined points after the two-minute warning. 26 to 21, Chiefs. The two-minute warning. It finishes Chiefs 42 to 36 in overtime. Just a. I went through it blow by blow in a numbers game this morning. It's just impossible when you read it back, let alone having watched it yesterday, and. Uh, the Chiefs now face the prospect of one of the strangest things ever, which is no team had ever played a Super Bowl at home. Last year, the Buccaneers did it. This year, the Rams could do it. The Chiefs could very strangely become the first team to have to play two legitimate road games in a Super Bowl, which is the other way of sort of looking at that, if they could beat the Bengals, uh, against whom they are seven-point favorites in the AFC Championship. And, Matt, I just throw it to you and say – was just was this just the greatest thing you'd ever seen in your life, or do you or do you look at it and say how could the defenses possibly have allowed this to happen? No, I, this 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 game, and I I said this again this morning, not only to my group of friends who all were going crazy during the course of the game as well, but I, I don't I don't think it's outlandish for me to say that that this is probably one of the five best games I've I've ever watched. I mean, from an entertainment value, like sitting there and just Definitely getting is. what we got, like you know, yeah, there's going to be people who. Love the run game who say, ah, this game was garbage. And there's people who love, you know, defensive side are going to say, ah, this game was garbage. And, and okay, fine. That's, that's your opinion. That's how you, you know, like your, that's how you like your football. I mean, as far as entertainment value, as far as keeping you on the edge of your seat, as far as jaw dropping moments, things that you were not expecting to happen, happen, all of that. I mean, it had every single bit of it, even from a betting perspective. I mean, Kelly, you're sitting there with the over ticket. It's just kind of right on. 
on pace at halftime. You're kind of yeah. like, eh, is it going to get there? Wasn't is it there not going to the get there? Like, whatever. Yeah. Then, obviously, whether you had either side, everything was in the balance all game long as it got towards the end and all that. So, I mean, even from a betting perspective, it was it was fantastic because there were, yeah, I mean, the over at some at, at one soon soon enough, the the over became a, a foregone conclusion. But I mean, even at halftime, you're still sitting there going like, oh, well, you know, is it going to get there? Is it not going to get there? I mean, there was there was just everything about this game, top to bottom, that was that was fantastic for me. It, it, seriously, I think it was one of the five best games that I've I've ever watched from an inter- entertainment. I'll, I'll go one step further. I think, with the possible exception of maybe the Russell Wilson interception against Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl, the the Seahawks and the Patriots. And maybe the the Patriots come back against the Falcons. I think for the Bills, I think that is one of easily the most gut wrenching, most hurtful losses in the history of the National Football League. I don't. I, I am sick for the Bills fans. I'm sick for Josh Allen. I don't know how you. And and here's the thing about this: you just assume in moments like this, the Bills with this window of Josh Allen, oh they'll be back. You never know. You yeah, never you know. Injuries and what, yeah. The NFL is littered with great teams that never came back. You don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Well, uh, they found out they had the greatest receiver in the history of football. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, they, are gonna be back. they are going to be back for sure. I mean, like, who knew? Gabriel Davis, greatest receiver in the history of the NFL. I think it's it's funny just to do different ways we, we kind of view the game. And, and, like, Matt, for me, it's for sure a top five game of all time. Of all time. I think that's without question. The question for me is it the greatest game of all, time, of all time that I've ever seen. I don't know. That's a question. The one thing I know for sure, I've never seen two quarterbacks play and battle at that high a level where it felt like early it felt like you know back in the heyday boxing of just haymaker after haymaker and think about what percentage of the offense these guys combined for both running the ball and passing the ball it was incredible And, and and Josh Allen I mean with with the Chiefs winning the game I think I think this will get lost a bit Josh Allen in that game and all season, has continued to step up his his level of play where he is making throws that nobody else on the planet can make right now, not even Patrick Mahomes. The velocity he puts on some of those things is incredible. I, I, I feel horrible for that guy that he lost that game, Gil. You're, you're right, because that's the his defense gave it up a couple times. Sorry, but it happened. I mean, real quick at the end, fourth and fourth at Kansas City 30 with 248 left. He scrambles and converts it. And then at the two-minute warning where it starts, fourth and 13 at the KC 27, Fourth and 13, Allen to Davis, touchdown, the corner falls. Then the amazing two-point conversion to Stephon Diggs to make it 29-26. 1.54 left. Way too much time, right? Five plays, Mahomes to Tyreek for 64 yards. 102 left, Chiefs up 33-29. Six plays for Buffalo. Allen to Davis for 19, touchdown. How is he behind the defense again? Davis, the first ever receiver to have four touchdowns in a postseason game. Two in the final two minutes, 36-33. The Bills then do not mortar kick. (laughs) <laughs> they do not grab receivers, and so they leave the door open. Two plays, 10 seconds. It goes from 13 seconds left to 344 yards later. Butker from 49. It's tied, and then overtime. Th- that- how, how do you feel about overtime now? Well, I mean, I've always th- – this. I've held this position for years and years and years and years and years. I, I cannot stand that you can lose a coin flip and – and, and not touch the ball. Like, I, I, I hate that. I understand 
oh, your defense is supposed to your defense is supposed to stop them. Well, I mean, in a game like this where neither defense was stopping either team, it really was whoever won the coin flip, and everybody in the whole world knew. I tweeted out. I said, "This is the most this is the most important guessing of a coin flip that you're ever going to see." Because you knew it was over. Yes, it was. It was was game over. I was like, it was like this is the most consequential game calling guessing of a coin that we're ever going to have in the NFL because that was just that was just game over. Here it is, 163 regular season overtime game since 2012. The team that won the coin toss, 86, 67, and 10. 11 playoff overtime games since 2010. Teams that won the coin toss, 10 and 1. Seven of those 10 scored the sudden death touchdown of the opening drive. The only team to lose, the Saints, 2018 in that game versus the Rams, marred by that flag, of course. I will tell you this, Matt, quite honestly, I never disliked the overtime rule as much as others did. Yesterday, I disliked it for the first time. Yep. I just, I was immediately, I was like, this is awful. I felt like we, I felt, I just felt like we were cheated. Anyone that has watched enough football knew, like, like, you knew whoever, however that coin fell, that was how that game was. Yeah. And that's just that game. (laughs) There's so much more to get to. Uh, We'll look at the current Super Bowl odds as well. It's Beeson's primetime action. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, gonna, not, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. With Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Prior to making your next bet, be sure to visit VSIN.com to check the current betting splits data. Button bets. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits, yet another way that VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game. 
at vcin.com. Gil, Matt, and Kelly. Kelly has a uh, basketball bet explanation he'd like to get to. Yeah, I'm, I am on the Cavs in that game tonight. I just wanted to be completely transparent. I am on the Cavs minus five. Uh, didn't bring it up, though, in the first segment because Jared Allen was a late scratch for the Cavs tonight, and most of my handicap was that Mitchell Robinson was going to be out for the Knicks, and off of uh, uh, they're on a back-to-back situation, haven't played yesterday, thought they were going to get killed on the glass tonight. That was most of the handicap for this game, so I would not, obviously the game started, I would not play it uh, uh, if I had the chance now, but I will be, you might see me rooting for this tonight, but uh, no, I would not, if you're out there, I would not make this bet anymore. All right. I have a tennis play later, by the way. I'm on Gael Monfils. Hey, you are. Plus 140 versus uh, Matteo Berrettini. And by the way, this might have gone against me by about 5, 10 cents, which might be awesome because all the ones we're ahead of don't seem to win. So Gael Monfils against Matteo Berrettini late night tonight, Australian Open plus 140. Let's see here. We're over at the DraftKings, Monfils plus 155. Oh, 15 cents worse. Bet it at your own peril. <laughs> uh, no, plus one, plus uh, 155 is a spectacular price. Uh, Monfils' uh, hardcore data is actually superior to that of Matteo Berrettini over any real stretch that you want to sort of analyze. And so that's very curious to me that it went the other way. Dan Weston likes Gael Monfils. Drew Dinsick likes Gael Monfils. I like Gael Monfils. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? <laughs> so a few other notes about that game yesterday. Because there's so many things. And you literally could do a six-hour show on these four games, and it wouldn't be enough time. Uh, just a few random thoughts. One, first of all, for the whole weekend, the greatest weekend of football ever. The lack of flags really was spectacular, especially relative to the previous round, where, remember, the wild card weekend was just horrible to begin with, with four games that were over by halftime, one of which was marred by uh, officials. Just so few flags all weekend. That was great. Uh, I also thought to myself, a game like that last night proves that those of us who root for more mediocre football teams, Washington, Denver, you know, Carolina, Atlanta, pick pick your team, you know what I'm talking about, just the, it proves the gap between the teams we root for and those two teams last night is just so obvious. And the other thing is, we've touched, we've touched on this in different ways throughout the season. Adding the 17th game, I, I, you, I don't know if we can quantify it yet, but something about adding that one week has now caused this thing for the NFL season. We saw it this year starkly, where teams like Buffalo, let's face it, they took a couple games off in the middle of the season. The Jacksonville game where they lost 9-6, to that first game against New England, which we sat here and watched in the swirling winds, where Josh Allen did not run the football at all. And then the Chiefs took about a third of the season to get this going, too. I just think there's a different dynamic to the whole season and makes our job that much more difficult as handicappers, I believe. Anyway, yeah, it's pretty... Random thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it'll be certainly interesting to see how all this progresses moving forward. But I mean, I, I think that I think the only problem is, is the, the only the one, the one by, I mean, of course that didn't matter <laughs> this year, but, but you know, the, having the, the one by is, is, you know, you do have to play for that one seed. Like you do have to still go after it. And I don't know if, uh, you know, I don't know how these teams are going to value that moving forward. I mean, again, we, we diminishing home field advantage, you know, I'm obviously you want to sleep in your own bed, but is it worth, 
what's it worth? You know, I mean, is it is it you, you want to sleep in your own bed, but at the same time, you, you need your guys to be healthy. If your guys aren't healthy, then you have no shot anyway. So it's kind of there'll be some trade off, I imagine. Yeah, Joe, I'm, I'm with you. I think that there's I, I think there's not enough data for us to know for sure yet, but it sure feels like that with a couple of those teams this year, right? And I I do think though this will be. Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, no matter depending on how you view this, I think this will be all solved when they go to the 18 game schedule, and then you add a second bye week, which you're going to have. I would to. be all for. I, I'm yeah, all, like, they I'm, should. Like, like a second bye week would be spectacular. Yeah. I always want to see the best version of all these teams. We'll talk about you know the, the other Saturday game, you know the second Saturday game later. But I mean. I want to see the best version of all these teams. And, and so, between injuries, and if there's even, you know, like, you know, I think what me and you were getting at, it's like, are they are they really strategically kind of pulling punches right on some of these games? And that's, you can't I tell don't me. want that. Yes. You know what I mean? You can't tell me, now seeing this Buffalo Bills team as currently constituted, uh, you don't just evolve from that to this. Like, th- there's a couple games that are very strange there. And Las Vegas Chris was on the Megapod last week. He even thinks that it, the schedule's getting so long now, you're going to see teams go to a backup quarterback like three times a year. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting thought. What? Uh, let's take a look at the Super Bowl odds as they currently stand now with four teams left. No surprise that the Chiefs would be plus 120. No surprise the Rams will be 2-1. to one. The Chiefs are... Seven-point favorites against the Bengals. The Rams, three, three-and-a-half-point favorites against the 49ers. We'll get to all these other games in a moment. 49ers plus 450. Bengals, 8-1. to one. How about the Rams and the Bucks yesterday? The game before the game, as it turned out, the greatest day of football. The Rams go up to a 27-3 to lead. Just out, everything that, the, that could go wrong for the Buccaneers did go wrong in most of this game. Uh, to that 27-3 lead, compounding their own deficit with unsportsmanlike conduct penalties that would either set them further back field position-wise, uh, in, in, or, or both on offense and on defense. And then there was a couple instances at the end of the first half. One, the Rams got the ball near midfield, couldn't do anything with it. Then late in the first half a sequence where Bruce Arians strangely didn't call a timeout to preserve a possession. He gets bailed out by a Rams fumble at the one. So 27-3 could have been worse. Then 27 to 3, and it wasn't. And then, Matt, one of the great comebacks you'll ever see. Yeah, I mean, this was more of an indictment on Sean McVay than it really is anything else because they got uber, uber conservative in the second half. He turtled up, and you'd, you would think that these teams. It's like there's only twenty years of there's only twenty years of video there's only twenty years of footage on this quarterback that's on the other side of the field like no way that this snuck up on you or that this is like anything that you couldn't imagine happening right I mean it's just it's so crazy the whole 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 world was only talking about the exact situation at halftime and what he had seen before like we we have seen this for Brady and and passing was way too easy in the first half so what do you do in the second half run on first down every single time which is exactly what Sean McVay was doing despite the fact that Cam Akers had 24 carries for 48 yards, I don't know if you guys know that's not a very good average. Yeah. And yet he wanted to run on first down every single time in the second and half, and he just folks. allowed – he put him behind the he put him behind the A ball, and he allowed Brady and, and the Bucks to come back and, and you know, get in a situation to win this game. I was sitting there just going, is he really going to run on – he is going to run on first down. Is he going to – he's going to do it. Oh, my God. He's really doing this. <laughs> and it's just – it's the <laughs> – it's like it's like yeah he's in his 30s but he's got like this 60 year old coach mentality you know it's he's like an old he's man. been around he's been around yeah he's the young old man like he's been <laughs> around the game since he was you know 3 years old and stuff and so he's just got that ingrained inside of him man like he it, oh we're up big 
we got to salt the clock. Like, we got to run the ball and salt the clock and do all this. It's amazing to me is I never, ever experienced a game that had a two-touchdown margin with six-plus minutes left where you thought it was so close. Like, I was like, oh, my God, this two-touchdown lead. First of all, Matt Gay could have put it away, could have made it a three-score game, and he fell three yards short on a 47-yard field goal. First perfect weather. First, first, First time I've ever... Uh, in like as w- w- when considering kickers this these days like yes. they make 55 yarders and it hits like 9 yards up on the net behind or whatever i have not seen a guy short on a 47 yarder in recent i, I can't I even mean, think of the last that's time that's going to make that in a park a oh, couple of months. of course so, yeah. he is like, uh, yes come on Let's, but think about it. It was 27 so to 3 in the last few minutes of the, of the third quarter. Then the cup fumble, yeah. which led to a fourth down conversion and, and the four net touchdown, 27 13. Then the, the, the Vaughn Miller strip sack, followed by the snap over Stafford's head. It's a, you're like your head Acres is spinning. Fumble, your head is spinning. Uh, and, and then, you know, so, there's so many fourth downs that the Rams actually end up stopping, even after the Matt Gay missed field goal, one of which was the Eric Weddle ridiculous. Unsportsmanlike. Have you ever seen it called that way before? I had to go look it up to see that that is, and it is the rule. Like I, I, but I had not. I, I guess like never to the letter of the law. I guess. And we had, and we were on the Rams, yeah. and we have Rams futures. And I was like, uh, we get the ball. Yeah, um, that was that was incredibly that was incredibly interesting. But I mean, yeah, it, it is the rule, which is just. But then, how do you look, how, at the end, Brady to, to Evans deep? How do you let their number one receiver behind you? Then the fumble by Acres. Then they tie it up uh, on the fourth and one when Reader can't make the tackle. And then they let Cooper first the twenty yarder, <laughs> and then they let uh, Cooper Cup behind him. It's like the two number one wideouts get behind your defenses. They run up, they frantically, they spike it, and then Gay, Gay kicks the winner. Katie bar the door. I, I've never seen that game wasn't real. So, that, but that goes to so like that stuff right there. Gil was like one of my bigger points from like the whole weekend was like we saw some incredible football. We saw some terrible, terrible football too, right? Like, yes. and I'm talking like some of the coaching stuff that Matt called out. I have never seen, and I'll bring this even back to last week with like the most obvious fake punt situation in the history of football with the Dallas Cowboys, right? And <laughs> one defender yeah. screws it up and, and allows it to go. I feel like I saw that stuff all week. Between cornerbacks uh, falling down or guys, you know, reading wrong, reading wrong stuff, it was amazing. All the fumbles in that game we were just talking about. Yeah. There were some really bad individual plays this weekend too. Rams second half possessions. To your point, punt, touchdown, fumble, punt, fumble, missed field goal, punt, fumble, field goal. There you go. Coming back, Beeson's primetime action. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN's got a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. It's our all new big game, big dance special, providing VSIN plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming big game and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to VSIN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit VSIN.com slash big deal to sign up today. 87.15. We have rebounded on the dollar just a little bit here, guys. It was 80, it was all, it was 86 all last week. So 87, 15 Canadians. Yeah. And now, ladies and gentlemen, time for fruit baskets. Some bets are more fruitful than others. Let's find out who deserves a fruit basket of their own for helping the primetime action crew win this weekend. 
Can I just say this? The voice of Daniel Alvari, the funniest text I got all day was during the Rams game at the end. <laughs> and Daniel texts, he goes, what's with the Tom Brady cam in the corner? Have you ever seen that during a football game? When the Rams had the ball last and they were only up seven, they had Brady in a box like it was a Beverly. Oh, yeah. So it was like the Jeff Pearl sweat cam. Like oh, it was yeah, a real yeah. Housewives <laughs> reunion and they were watching footage. It's just I, quality TV production. Right? I, I think it was one of those like, this could be the last time we see him on a football yeah. field, so we need to capture it as oh. like we need to get as much screen time as we can so for him to be. on the uh, on on the on the t- television. You're up, sir. Yes. So first one, Jesus H. Burrow. Thank you so much. He stabbed the Titans with his fillet knife. It is uh, it is game over. No more Titans talk here. Oh, he did it, not Tannehill. He he he. <laughs> oh, it was Burrow, was it? I mean, he threw for 348 yards um, in in this game, and oh, it was both of them. Guys. <laughs> <Trust> <laughs> and, I maybe should send a fruit basket to the other guy too. And was uh, and and honestly, more than anything, it was you, when you get sacked nine times in a game, and you're still able to to function properly. That is a an unbelievable achievement. How many times have we seen And he doesn't fumble. Have we how many times have we seen these quarterbacks? They get they get sacked and they get sacked again, they get sacked again. By the third sack, they're screaming at their offensive linemen. They're throwing helmets over on the sideline. They're all this stuff like that. Well, what does Burrow do? He just gets up and goes about his way. Awesome. And 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 the guy is an incredible leader. I pray, I pray they spend every free agent dollar that they have on an offensive line and every single pick they have and then just pick the best five out of the 12 that you get and keep this guy healthy because he's going to be a, a truly, truly special talent in this league if they can keep him healthy. But again, like it's not going to happen. By the way, that was nine official sacks. There was one, they got, they got to hit him two other times on plays that should have been blown dead. I mean, like he got battered all around and still was able to get it done. Joe Mixon, thanks for being uh, not all that efficient because uh, the under 60 and a half got home. On the uh, on his rushing prop with with all of that um, Green Bay weather because we were uh, we were able to get in two different times on the in game under in this one because it looked pretty obvious there that that weather and listen we talk about it yeah okay it's the wind it's the wind it's the wind but when you're talking zero degrees wind chill. It kind of showed. It kind of showed its hand early there. I think it, it kind of flipped over the cards and let us see what it was playing with in here. And the guys were just dropping balls left and right. The quarterbacks were just a little bit inaccurate. The, everything was just everything was just a little bit off. And and it looked like that weather really, really, really was going to play a factor in that game. Now I did not think it was going to be that pathetic of a performance from both of those teams. But fortunate enough to uh, to get a couple of in-game unders. On that one, I want to give this up to Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup as we we were all on the Rams. We were all on Rams money line, I think. And um, it was just, you know, look, Stafford, we talk about, we said this going in this game. We were like, really, he was the best quarterback against the Blitz in the next-gen stats era, which dates back to 2016. And in the most critical snap of the entire game, they chose to, they chose to blitz him. Thank you. Thank you for making that throw, Stafford. Thank you for whatever it is that's inside of you that makes you better whenever they blitz you and you don't have time to sit there and think about what you want to do. And also to Cooper Cup for having an unbelievably amazing game in that game. Guys, I want, you know, uh, just, just as an aside here, it does make you wonder if they didn't vote for MVP until like the Super Bowl or something. Thought yeah. about that. If, if Cooper Cup might actually get seriously true consideration as opposed to just 
this little like, oh, you had a great season, but... I think it's probably true because the recency bias would be so powerful, right? Yeah. So it's why Jamar Chase soared ahead mm -hmm. of Mac Jones in the Rookie of the Year from that one performance. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then uh, last one, last one to to, to, to McDermott here, um, buddy. Oh, Sean. Yeah. Um, I, the Chiefs money line bet. I thought I lost three different times. <laughs> I thought was dead three different times. <laughs> Me screaming at the television three different times, and uh, then you allowed with 13 seconds left. Of course, everyone's already beating you up over this, but you didn't run time. You didn't take advantage of the rules. You uh, you put yourself in a situation to to lose that game. And and look fine season and and obviously and all that but that one that one was uh pretty great because i thought that bet was dead <laughs> three different times i thought that was a loser and came back from the dead a couple of different times what an amazing weekend of football fruit baskets for me to the 49ers had the 49ers plus the points it got there somehow jimmy garoppolo ladies and gentlemen nine and two in games where he's thrown zero touchdowns <laughs> three and oh in the playoffs oh <laughs> uh, good looking and good fortune so what he got 212 total yards for the Niners. Um, but here's the deal. The Packers, their, their drives after their opening touchdown, rest of game, fumble, punt, 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 blocked field goal, punt, field goal, blocked punt, punt. Give it up to the Niners. Uh, the Packers' horrific special teams comes into play time and time again, and Robbie Gold for the win. Also, of course, a fruit basket to the Rams. As Matt said, we were all on the Rams every which way, not only against the number, but also money line. Also have Rams futures here for the NFC. I think you might even have a Super Bowl future, don't you? Uh, yeah, I've, I've got some I've got some math to do this week for yes. sure. Yes, yes, yeah. you do. But the Rams were phenomenal. And, and Matthew Stafford, this is why they traded for Matthew Stafford. You could almost see when Sean McVay hugged him at the end. It was like if you could just see the, the cloud bubble over his head saying, I love you. This is why you're here. Thank God you're here. Good for Matthew I'm glad Stafford. you brought that. Like, so Rams organization just in general as well, hat tip to them because everybody, they laid it all on the line. Yes. And everybody that they went out and got made a contribution in that game yesterday yeah. from Stafford to Von Miller to Odell Beckham. Like they went out and they were like, hey, yes. we understand this is it. And, and all of those guys came through. And so for that organization in general as well. Because, I mean, listen, there's multiple ways about it. Some, some teams want to build through the draft. Some teams want to do it. They were like, you know what? We're going after it for this small window we've got, and that's going to be it. Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. They went for it, and they're still going for it. Kelly. Yeah, go through uh, NFL teams uh, just for kind of bet by bet. Bengals, though, that was nice early on Saturday. And then, yeah, I mean, Rams, this probably should have even just been a separate fruit basket because to keep the Super Super Bowl and the NFC Championship futures alive and really how that game ended was just incredible. Uh, Stafford, I don't know what it is, it is about him and his entire career, but it's like he's very Romo-esque, right? It's like, it's like he almost needs the drama. It's like if it wasn't a, a must make opportunity. I don't know if he makes that throw. You know what I mean? That was incredible throw, incredible catch by by Cup. Uh, incredible finish to that game. So Rams uh, got that got that home uh, on the money line, and then I had that teaser with the Rams and Bills. That was uh, that was pretty simple, even with the uh, silly ending to that to that Bills game. Um, and then uh, yeah, we got Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. My next one. I these guys were. I mean, hey, from just even if we weren't betting on this, I'd send be sending these two a fruit what basket a after that game last what night. What a right? masterpiece from these two! It, it was incredible. I mean, if I'd have a single dollar on it, these guys deserve a fruit basket today. But I, this was—I mean, I had the over. I ended up 
hit that a couple times. And it was, Matt, like you were talking about earlier, it was it was a little nervous when you're like, okay, you guys are scoring on almost every drive, but you're taking a lot of time out of the ball. A lot of air out of the ball, a lot of time off the clock. But, uh, yeah, that two-minute warning hit, and then all the, store, uh, all the scoring happened. But, man, I, Mahomes rushing prop. That was an easy over. He got that done in one rush, on the, you know, on the first drive. Um, I had that. I had the overs. I had that teaser with the Bills. So, thank, not only, guys, thank you for an amazing game to watch, but thank you for putting up all those stats as well because it was a good betting NFL weekend. Speaking of bad betting, um, uh, over in the golf, Tom Hoagie. Uh, so, this is this, so you're, you're, you're doing what I did last week. I gave one to Henley because he crushed me, and so you're going to give one to No, to no, no, no. I'm go, I have to explain that, Matt, because I said on this show, during like last summer or whatever that I'm not giving these chumps who fail me a fruit basket anymore chumps. except I did have him uh, <laughs> 6 to 1 on a top 20 oh, so go. I want to say Tom Hoagie because you were a 140 to 1 long shot and you cashed a 6 to 1 you still get a fruit basket okay. in situations okay. like this golfers that I hold to a higher standard Matt will not get this treatment this year fair enough that's is that a, fair that's such a stupid golf I think that's fair it was tough that's it such was a stupid golf it was a lot of long shots battling down the stretch and just none of these guys could go out and win the thing. Yeah, it's just such a stupid it. golf tournament. I, I am, I'm not, I, I'm going to take that one off next year. That one's just, that one's dumb. What's funny is, uh, I'm pretty sure through two years uh, now of the, of using my mo- our modeling, my model has nailed that tournament better than any tournament on the tour. So. Is that two weeks in a row now where you've been flirting with a win? No, no, no. Matt, Matt had a good week last week. Uh, I had the good week this week. I had Zalatoris and Hoagie right oh, there. Yeah. Who was your Henley? Oh, of course, yeah. Henley. Yeah, he had yeah. Henley. Oh, yeah. How, how soon did we forget? You had Henley first round last week. Right, yes. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh, I almost forgot about that game. Yeah. <laughs> two rough beats Fun in the first yeah. two weeks. Two Fun times. I knew you were involved a couple <laughs> weeks Fun in a row. times. We'll uh, review our one and done or our draft a little later on. Uh, we got to go through the Saturday games as well. Next, though, some hockey with our buddy Andy McNeil, who might have had no idea there was American football on yesterday. That's next. Beeson's primetime action. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my, my game. That's my game. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. 
You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure VSIN is part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs, and then on big game weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage. I'm not even sure 56 hours fits into a weekend, does it? Well, you're uh, it's 57, remember? Oh, yeah. You're coming <laughs> And it starts on Friday. And it starts us. with us. Primetime yeah. action on Friday. That's right. On VEASAN.com. Leads up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year. So make plans now to join the VEASAN betting experts before, during, and after the action on VEASAN.com. By the way, that's the other thing about how great this past weekend was. How could championship and, and big game weekend possibly live up to those games this weekend? Well... When Jesus H. Burroughs, the, <laughs> the mighty Bengals to the, to the Super Bowl, that will uh, that that will certainly topple. It doesn't matter. I don't care what the score is. It can be six to three. It'll still be the greatest. Do you imagine if he won the college and pro championships in a three year span? Would it be a three year span? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that would be something. Not going to happen, but that would be something. Now, a gentleman who doesn't even know that American football exists from Canada, Edmonton, Alberta, ladies and gentlemen, to talk hockey with us. It's Andy McNeil. How you doing, Andy? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? Good. Do you, were you aware that there were four football games on this weekend? Yeah, I was aware. I checked the scores. I was kind of interested in what happened, but that's about as far as it goes. <laughs> it's very sound very excited about it. I'm just curious. You, you're not okay. Well, uh, that, that's what we like about you. That you're in your hockey cocoon. <laughs> I'm not going to butter you up here. I, no, I, I, that American requ- football. It's not my thing. Right? I don't require I don't the buttering up. I'm just curious. You just you're lesser for it. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> is it football just in general? Like, do you do the CFL at all? No, I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm just a hockey fan, man. It's it is what it is. Mm. It's uh, <laughs> he didn't like sports. I mean, he didn't like uh, balls. I like I like sports. He didn't like I balls. Just, it's like it's a puck, and that's it. Like, are, if it's it's a you guys ball, are putting I don't me like on the it. spot here. I like sports. I just over the years, I've whittled it down to pretty much just an interest in hockey. I don't have time for anything else. <laughs> All right, I respect All right. it. Let me just ask you uh, one question about the NHL that did sort of get on our radar, which was the Edmonton Oilers, who got out to a ridiculously good start at the beginning of the season. I think they were 8-1 or 9-1 or something like that, and then just stopped winning hockey games since, you know, for over a month. What do you make of something like that? And, like, did you, could you have seen that coming? Yeah, I, I mean, it was always a concern heading into the season. Um, the Oilers had built what looked like a pretty strong forward group, and they looked like they would be able to, to contend with just about anybody in, in that respect, um, you know, with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl up top, obviously, and they added Zach Hyman, and uh, it, it really looked like they, they might be able to outscore their problems. But um, the goals stopped coming, you know, at the rate that they were earlier in the season when the Oilers were beating everybody. And uh, the goaltending just just really fell off a cliff. And uh, oddly enough, the Miko Koskinen probably deserves the, the lion's share, the the credit for the Oilers even getting their last win against the Calgary Flames because they were badly outplayed by Calgary. But um, yeah, it's it's it it's kind of there was always going to be this this risk involved with with heading into the season with uh, Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen, uh, two goaltenders that a lot of people, most people would agree aren't NHL starters, and um, it's really came back and, and bit them here. Um, you know, they're they're still in it, obviously. They they they've still got a chance to make the playoffs and whatnot, but 
I don't know anybody who's got much confidence in in this team in the the lot in the short term in this season. Anyways, they're going to have to figure out their goaltending, and maybe they can do that at the trade deadline. But that seems unlikely. Andy, we do have three puck drops to come. One in just a few minutes in the Canadians in the Wild, but that's a that's a big minus like three eighty game on on the Wild there. Avalanche, another big favorite at, at three twenty. I think you did have some thoughts though on the nine Eastern, six Pacific Blues and Flames game sitting right now. You can find a one fifty five on the Flames, and you can find a one thirty five on the Blues. Yeah, on the. Minus 155, that's right around my cutoff, so it would be a small bet. This one opened this morning because the, the Blues played in Vancouver last night. Um, it opened at Flames minus 145, so I grabbed some of that. I grabbed some minus 150 to average out around minus 147, minus 148, somewhere around there. Um, and I like them all the way up to minus 155. I think Calgary is not... You know, they're not an elite team. They're not up there with the Colorado Avalanche and the, the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. But they're, you know, they're right there. And they just lack a little bit of star power. They've got great goaltending, uh, although Jacob Markstrom has been a little rocky as of late. I don't expect that to, to continue long term here. Um, and the, on the Blues side, you know, it's uh, Jordan Bennington. He's not... He's not performing the way you'd expect Jordan Binning to, to perform. Obviously, he's a Stanley Cup champion. Uh, it's been actually Vili Huso, the backup goaltender, who's won his last five starts and has been playing great. He's really carried the Blues over this stretch where they've won eight out of the, their last ten games. And if you look at some of the underlying metrics, uh, the, the Blues really haven't been playing well. They've only had a, a positive expected goal differential in, in four out of the last Ten, uh, 10 games and you know it like I said it's been in Huso that's really been carrying the load and Bennington he's he's won three of his last five starts but he's letting four or more goals uh, in, in three of those starts so um, not great form for the team or the goaltender tonight and uh, Calgary they they've kind of been sputtering along lately um, but you know they're they're a top-ranked team up there in the top five in terms of shot attempt percentage and expected goals for share. Um, it, they're, they're just a really good hockey team, and I think this is a pretty good matchup for them with the Blues coming in tired after just kind of squeaking by the, the Canucks, a pretty depleted Canucks lineup last night. And, uh, you know, I probably wouldn't lay minus 160 because I think the game should be priced around minus 163, minus 164. Um, but minus 155 is, is worth a bet, in my opinion. Andy, uh, a couple weeks ago, about 10 days ago, we were on the show, and I was texting you because the Avalanche were minus 650 against the Coyotes. Matt had a full-game Coyotes bet. He ended up losing in a shootout. Uh, poor guy. This weekend, somebody texted me where the Avalanche or some other team was like minus 800. Did that happen this weekend? And they ended up winning by a goal? Yeah, it, w- it would have been the Avalanche, and, and i totally having a, a brain fart right now because I cannot remember who they played. I think it was the Canadians. Yeah, I think um, so. I think it was Montreal. But um, yeah. yeah, the the line had gotten up even higher than than what they were when they, they played the Arizona Coyotes, the, the game that, that you just referenced. Um, this is the greatest yeah, thing in hockey, Andy. Like he, I hope these keep coming because these are bound to go the other way at some point. Yeah, there's a lot of this lately and it's, it is probably getting out of hand for sure. I mean, um, the dis. I'd say the disparity between the the best teams and the the worst teams has probably never been, um, you know, never been more uh, than it is right now. But um, 
yeah, nobody nobody wants to bet some of these teams, and at some point you're you're just left with no choice. But you have to, or you have to give it a shot anyway. I think the Avalanche uh, they're in a good position to win tonight. Obviously, minus three twenty favorite, but um, they've had a lot of trouble putting teams away. They played twelve games since returning from the holiday break, or whatever you want to call it, um, and they've needed overtime or shootout six uh, in six of those games. So. You know, that's a, a team where you're you're often laying minus 250, minus 300 and whatnot. And a lot of these games are going to overtime. So if you opted for that regulation play or that puck line play, you're, you're getting burned. Um, I don't think it's going to last. Uh, this is a talented hockey team. I don't know what's really uh, plaguing them right now. But their, you know, their underlying metrics aren't looking great uh, over this stretch. But they'll probably get the win tonight. And maybe they'll do so in dominant fashion. But I, I like Miko Rantanen over three and a half shots uh, at minus 110. He's gone over that mark in, in six of his last seven, five out of his, five out of his last six games. And Chicago is a bottom 10 team in terms of uh, the amount of shot attempts they give up on a per game basis. And uh, a little bit of a flyer here, but I think it is uh, plus EV. Um, it's uh, Alex to to score a goal, anytime goal score at plus 170. I think it should be, Price closer to plus 150. That's on the Chicago side, and I don't expect them to score too many goals tonight, but they'll probably score a couple, and they've got to come from somewhere. And Debrinket is uh, one of the league leaders right now. He's right up there with uh, some of the best and has been for the last couple of seasons. Andy, we've got about 30 seconds. Um, so the Golden Knights playing tonight and then playing tomorrow night on a back-to-back. We always like weigh in back-to-backs when we talk about NBA. But uh, how, how does that factor into your handicapping when it comes to to the NHL? Like, how big of a ding do you put on a team when they're playing a back-to-back? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a couple percentage points depending on you know which goaltender starts which game. And tonight it's Robin Leonard, and we've got Laurent Brassois. That's he's working his way back from an injury, so there's a little bit of uncertainty there whether they'll give Leonard another start. But this is a tough little four-game road trip. They've got Washington tonight, uh, Carolina tomorrow, and then they've got Florida and Tampa Bay. But uh, big news here, Max Pacioretty and Alec Martinez are traveling with the team, so we could see them inserted into the lineup any game here. Andy, <clears throat> pardon me. We appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. And uh, yeah, you know, time, may, maybe check out some football next weekend if you get a chance, okay? I'll watch the Super Bowl. I'm pumped for that halftime show. Like, <laughs> that, that's, that's pretty sick. <laughs> Who are you looking forward to the most? Mary J? Eminem? Mary J, yeah. Come on. I mean, <laughs> right, of course. Andy McNeil, everybody, at Digital Gambler with a couple picks on the Propagator. And the Flames tonight, at least at a better price than uh, currently exists. Coming back, NFC and AFC Championship previews next. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 